Hello and welcome to another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thank you so much for listening. This is where I have conversations with people who are living life on their own terms. We dive into those big moments that have pushed them through the fears and self-limiting beliefs that hold so many of us back. Now, if you have a teenage girl or a girl who will become a teenager, you definitely need to know about my beautifully fun guest today, Liv Filand. The majority of my guests are parents, as the majority of you are parents. And we all know that doing something new or creating change in your life is even more challenging when you add children into the mix. However, I wanted to chat to Liv today because even though she isn't a parent yet, Liv is such a wonderful role model for our young girls and is doing beautiful work through her Girls Who Glow workshops. Liv talks about how teenagers are being influenced by social media, feeling that they need to be someone different to who they are. Through her workshops, Liv helps girls to find their inner glow. The cornerstone of these workshops are nutrition, exercise, body image, social media, healthy relationships, and mental health. Liv and I also chat about how a girl from the country finds herself as a presenter on Channel 10's music show, The Loop. Being optimistic, saying yes, and learning as you go. Accepting who you are, being yourself and owning it. The art of simply playing, dealing with self-doubt, and filling your day with things that make you happy. Liv is beautifully intense passionate about life, full of play, and is helping our girls navigate an emotional part of life by starting a conversation full of love. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Liv Fyland. Olivia Fyland, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I am fabulous. Thank you so much for having me. Can't wait to have a little chat. You're more than welcome. And I am super excited to be chatting with you today. As I know, we're going to dive into some wonderful topics. But firstly, to bring everyone up to speed with what you do with parts of your life. I was wondering if you could tell me what does a typical week look like for you? Oh, a typical week. Okay. So, um, I'm a presenter and I work on a music show called The Loop um, with Channel 10. And so my my week is just this mixed bag that can change so rapidly and is is so diverse, which is what I love most. It keeps me on my toes. But um, basically sort of Mondays and Fridays for me um, completely change. It's where um, I, I sort of do freelance work or I... I work on my side project, which is called Girls Who Glow, um, which I'm sure we'll go into a little bit later. Then Tuesdays, I um, go into Channel 10 and we have a a production meeting. We program our show um, and we start writing our scripts and getting our content. Uh, Wednesday's sort of the same, just a lot of writing, research and um, the production side of things. And then on Thursdays, uh, we film our show. So Around that, of course, there's just a million other little things. Um, but yeah, my core sort of days um, in at the loop are sort of Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then everything else is different. 
Beautiful. And, and I'm sure we're going to get into that diversity down the yeah. track and definitely uh, Girls Who Glow. But you're from the, the New South Wales country town of, of Wagga Wagga. And for all my North American listeners, a fun fact for you that Wagga Wagga <laughs> is an Aboriginal name that translates to the place of many cows. Did you know that, Liv? Is it? it I, is. Thought it was, I thought it was the place of the crow. Is it the many cows? Well, hold on. There's only, Hang there, on a hold on. There's only one letter difference between a crow and a cow so potentially my late night researching i could have dropped an r that is hilarious <laughs> right that is something we both need to look into by the end of this i would imagine i would imagine that you are correct though since it is your I'm hometown like, <laughs> I, i'm a little bit offended if it's the home of the cow like it just doesn't have a nice ring to it like live Home of the cow. <laughs> oh, too funny. That is too good. Well, that just goes to show you, boys and girls, you really need to uh, dot your I's and cross your T's when you're doing your research. But Liv, Look out how, for those R's. how does a girl from the bush end up in media land? Well... Um, yeah, I am. A, I'm a country girl. I am from Wagga. And then I actually, um, and that's where I still call home. It's where both sides of my family are from. I've still got lots of cousins there. It's where I go back every Christmas. But... To me, Wagga was actually a huge city because I've lived in even smaller towns. I lived in a place called Holbrook, which is um, population zero, basically. Um, it's a tiny, tiny town. There was one other girl in my year level. Wow. Um, I then also lived uh, just out of Melbourne in a country town called Bacchus Marsh and, um, and then did a couple of years of uni in Bendigo. And so but then, of course, I did lots of schooling in Melbourne and now I live in Sydney and I work in media. So I've basically had this really – I've sort of done half my life in the country, half my life in the city, and I've noticed that I still crave that. Like I, I live in Sydney. It's a rat race now. I love it. But every weekend I, I just have to run away. I jump in the car. I go camping or I go back home to the country. So that's that's still really important for me and I think that's – been such an influential factor in in who I am today and sort of really what makes me me um but sort of how I went from from there into the world that I am in now um like I said I was I was at school in Melbourne um I did most of high school in Melbourne and I I then got to the end of year 12 and I'd always wanted to do um acting or singing or dancing or presenting was my last one and I, I just desperately wanted to do it but I got to the end of year 12 and I thought how on earth do you get into this there is not one single course that I can go and do and that's going to guarantee me a job so I, I, I realized that I loved um, health sciences and um, so I, I thought I'll go to uni I'll study so that I'll always have that to back me and then I will work at getting into presenting on the side so I trotted off to uni. I did a double degree of psychology and occupational therapy and um, did my first year in Melbourne, realised I just was so sick of the city. So I transferred to Bendigo, opposite to what everybody else was, you know, doing. And um, I did my, my next couple of years there and got to the end of my third year and I loved uni. I just, I knew that my heart was still, you know, the dream was still to be a presenter. Uh, so it was somebody that actually um, overheard me um, at something saying that I wanted to be a presenter and I would not know their their face if they walked past me in the street. But they sent myself and 20 other people um, 
this application. Uh, it was just a, a link to an application, a nationwide search for two new ABC3 hosts. So ABC3 is a huge kids um, channel in, in Australia and um, kids TV was my dream job. And I looked into it and I thought, oh, my God. But last time, 6,000 people applied. So what are my chances? The girl from the country, no experience um, at uni studying psychology. But I thought, you know what? I have waited three years waiting for something to just fall on my lap. It's not going to happen. I need to just put myself out there. So I made this ridiculous audition tape, sent it off, didn't think anything of it, and then got a call saying that I'd gotten through to um, a round of auditions. So I rocked up and I thought, oh, I'll try and do a rap. Never again will I try. <laughs> it was the most horrific thing you can imagine. I had to stop at the end of every sentence saying, I'm so sorry, can I start again? I ended up pinned against the back wall because I thought the camera was chasing me. Um, anyway, the rest of the day sort of went along those lines and I walked away being like, you know what, great experience, but never going to hear from them again. Um I then got a call two weeks later saying, we've taken a girl and boy from each state and you are the girl from Victoria. I had no idea how I got through, um, but I just rocked up being much more myself because I thought I don't really have a chance and me trying to rap, which is something I can't do last time, didn't work for me. So I rocked up this time um, dressed as a sheep with cotton wool stuck all over my body. Wait, wait, wait. So, so dressing up as, as a sheep is more like you than rapping? Well, I am from Wagga. <laughs> uh, maybe it's the home of the sheep. Um, no, but honestly, because in my audition tape I'd actually sent in, I was dressed as like this giant chocolate M&M doing um, stupid stuff and and anyway, I've, I've walked in and I've done this improv piece on on a sheep getting abducted by aliens. And anyway, the rest of the day, I was just a bit more my, bit more myself. And they called us in at the end of the day and they said, thank you so much for coming. Um, just one last thing. Let's just go around and, and tell us your past experience in, in media. And you should have seen my face, like just dropped. Um, and I thought, you know what, I'm not a liar but this is one time I'm just going to have to lie. So I was last and everyone's like, I've been at NIDA studying, you know, I've been in this short film, this ad, this little movie. And I was like, oh, my God, Liv, just say that you've been in an ad or something. And it gets to me and I was like, um, hmm, okay. Um, mm, oh, I've been in a, I've been in the country studying a psychology for a few years and that's about it. And they said, <laughs> Oh, any, any experience? And I said, no, but thanks so much for having me. Had a great day. Good luck, everybody. And, and I walked out thinking, you know what? I didn't get it, but I had a great time doing it. And I got a, I got a call a week later saying that I had uh, got the job. Wow. And, and I said to them, like I said, how on earth, one, this is your chance to pull, pull out because like, you do not need to give me this job. I have no idea what I'm doing. And they said, no, that's what we love. We we love that we can train you and, you know, we, we can help, um, we can teach you and stuff like that. Uh, and I said, but how did I get past that first round of auditions? And they said, when you walked in as that sheep, I said, and she's back. Like, <laughs> like they knew that the girl from that uh, giant chocolate M&M was back. So yeah. I basically, yeah, learned everything on the job. We filmed all day, every day. It was 
the most incredible four years on on that show, and then um, yeah, moved up to Sydney a few years ago for the Loop, which is a music show. And so that's how I cracked in. Wow, happy days! And it it just goes to show that you've got to really speak loudly when you're at a cafe with your friends about your dreams because you never know who's listening. Honestly, that is one of the biggest things that I have learned because do you know what I was doing when I, when I said to you before that I got to a point where I was like, hang on, it's been three years and I haven't done one single thing. I actually put myself forward to do volunteer work um, for shoots and stuff. You know, they, they're shoots that never saw the light of day. They were so tiny, low budget. I wasn't getting paid a cent. I was just an you know, help helper for three days, not getting paid a cent. And, you know, I had family and friends being like, what are you doing? This is so not worthwhile, waste of your time. And I said, you know what? No, I just need to feel like I'm doing something. And it was somebody at that shoot that overheard me saying that I wanted to be a presenter. So it always counts. It always Mm. counts to put yourself out there. And I I guess, you know, that's one of the things that you've learned from the process. But what what are some of the other things? Because like when you're telling that story, what really jumped out at me was, you know, kind of being yourself and... Mm. And, you know, that authenticity kind of gets thrown around a lot. But what were some of the other things that you learned about yourself going through that process? Because there would have been so many unknowns. Yeah, for sure. I um, I think even the fact that I wasn't going to send in an audition tape because I thought I'm up against 6,000 people. So why would somebody from the country studying psychology with no experience um, – ever stand a chance but it was the fact in my mind of you've got to be in it to win it as cliche as it is and you've got to start somewhere and you know what I took that chance and and that really paid off so I think you know something that I've carried with me is just put yourself out there you know you never know what they're looking for they might be looking for someone with not as much experience you know so I wasn't as a trained presenter because for that show you needed to be more you know casual and um conversational and stuff like that rather than um, straight presenting so but you know I think um, you did touch on that authenticity gets thrown around a lot but it is something that I have truly built my career on um, and it's something that I am probably most passionate about um, protecting I think that in this industry you really can get caught up and swept a you know, swept up in what you should be or what, what you need to be or, oh, my God, that person's the same age as me. They're, they're a presenter and they're doing better because they're, you know, they're focusing on interior design or fashion or whatever it is. And there's so many times that you accidentally go to sort of get get swept up in that of what you should be doing. And then I remember that the reason that I finally cracked into my dream was you know, of presenting was the fact that I was wholeheartedly myself. I was silly. I was goofy. I was clumsy. Um, and I was just so myself. And, and I've noticed that that is 100% what has gotten me my jobs. It's my personality. It's self-deprecation. It's staying grounded rather than I've noticed when I've tried to be somebody that I'm not. Or, you know, when I started at The Loop, I tried to be cool because I thought, you know, this is a, a music show. I'm meant to be the cool host. And for six months of that job, I never told anybody this, but I, I actually really hated it. And um, and that was completely my fault because I was trying to be somebody else. I was trying to be cool. I was trying to be 
straight. And um, it wasn't until I realized, you know, I either need to quit this show or I need to just try and be myself again. And if they like it, great. If they don't, you know what I tried. And the moment that I started being myself again, uh, my producer pulled me aside and he goes, oh, my God, what I have why haven't you been doing that from the start? Mm-hmm. Just just accept that you're the goofy, clumsy, kind of really not cool host, but that works for you. And then my co-host, he's the cool sort of, you know, like edgy one. So you know what? Play to your strengths. Mm. And, and I guess too, like being yourself and playing to your strengths, it's what makes you such a wonderful role model, live to, to like young girls on so many levels. And, and from the outside, it feels like, being a role model is something that you value, you respect, yeah, and, and, you, and you, you understand the responsibility of, yeah. of being a role model. So, so that, that's a fair assumption to kind of make there? Definitely. I think, um, like I said, I've sort of come from this background of having a passion in um, health and well-being and um, all of that kind of thing, as well as just being so just so passionate about staying true to myself and that authenticity. And I see now so many young girls and boys, of course, influenced by the media, by social media, um, growing up so much quicker than when than they need to be. And yeah, just influenced by so many other factors that they feel like they have to be somebody different or they have to be that, you know, Instagram model, um, you know, and it, and it's really scary. And I think for me, who is lucky enough to have a little bit of a platform that not to abuse that and, and to stay true to me, um, and to really try and use that to promote a good message and to just remind girls, I think my, my biggest message is to, to just always prioritize your happiness, you know, um, stay, stay playful, stay young, I'm 27 turning 28 and I am still as as silly and crazy and playful as, as ever and, and that's so important. Most definitely. My, my late grandfather who passed earlier this year on his 93rd birthday always oh, said wow. that, that you uh, you only grow old when you stop playing and it's something that has resonated with me. But yeah, you, you, you know, and my, uh, Sorry, just a friend of mine the other day posted something about remember – there, there was a last day that you, I can't remember the quote exactly, there was a last day that you stopped going outside with your friends at lunchtime to play. Mm. You know, when, we, when you're in the playground at school, you go out literally, you know, morning tea and lunchtime to just play. And so she actually this weekend, she went and bought some rollerblades and she went and bought a basketball and a, um, and a tennis ball to just go and play with, with our friends, which was so gorgeous and I think just such an important reminder. No, I most definitely 100% agree there. And you also, you, you spoke about using your platform for positive and, and I'd love to talk about the beautiful work that you do with helping teenage girls um, at a moment in their life that is full of growth and anxiousness and questions and fears and yeah. body changes and hormones and comparisons and all of those things. And, and all we, of the fun things. <laughs> yeah. And you, you touched on it before about girls who, who glow and these workshops that you run for uh, girls that are 13 to 18 years of age yeah. and to kind of really help them to, to keep that playfulness and that fun side and, and they, to find their inner glow. But yeah. how did how did this this beautiful thing, the girls who glow, how did how did all this come about? Yeah, well, 
I think um, when when I was living in Melbourne, still doing ABC three, I um, was getting a I was studying integrative nutrition. I also um, did that, so you come out as a health coach, and I was studying that, and I felt like everybody in my I suppose tutor group um, they knew what they wanted to do with it. A lot of people were either you know writing books or they were health coaching or they just they knew what they wanted to do whereas I was just trying to keep my head above water and get my lectures done um and also work a full-time job and I was sort of beating myself up thinking I I don't know what I want to do with it I don't know what my demographic would be and then it kind of just happened organically like I would I would always get a lot of messages from teenage girls um about anxiety, body image, um, social media, bullying, eating disorders, you name it. It was, it was awful. But there was this one, one message that I got, um, one morning and I remember at 6am in the morning, sitting on my floor, reading it and just being torn. Like I was just torn up from it. It was absolutely heartbreaking. And I spent an hour sitting there just writing whatever I could to try and connect with this girl and help her in some shape or form and, you know, encourage her to get professional help because um, by all means I was not trying to take take that um, responsibility. And I, I wrote back and then I, I went for a quick walk before work and I just had this moment of being like, oh, my God, that has affected me so much. I'm so passionate about, you know, and anybody, any age, um, staying playful and, and really working on their happiness and living a really balanced life. Um, my demographic is young girls. That's who I'm getting all these messages from. And I've got, you know, my study in psychology and health coaching, and I've also got contacts in the media and health industry. Imagine if I combined all of these factors, you know, and created a workshop for teen girls on everything you know, that is affecting them and just a really empowering and inspiring day for teen girls. So that's where the idea sort of came from. And then, you know, I'm sure you've had things in your life or anybody listening where you have this little dream or idea and then you just doubt yourself or then you'll get really excited again and then you'll doubt yourself. You don't know where to, where to start. So I did that for, you know, a good six months. And then I got the job up in Sydney, moved up here, and of course got swept up in that and just didn't know how to start, to be honest. And then I met my friend Tegan, who um, is also a presenter. And she was, you know, also studying in the health industry as well. And we basic, I basically told her what I was wanting to do. And, and she was just so excited and got on board. And, and we then put our heads together and um, created Girls Who Glow, which, yeah, are workshops doing everything that, that we dreamed of doing. So that was an, another thing that I learned, just, you know, sort of swallowing your pride or ego um, and joining forces with somebody. It You can really make something twice as awesome and, um, you know, if someone holds you accountable for things, you can bounce ideas off. And it's really special to um, watch something grow with somebody. So that's been a really special journey for us. And you spoke there about that self-doubt, which we, which we all feel. Yes. How, do you, how, do, how do you live with that or, or, or push through it? Yeah, I suppose, um, I suppose the biggest lesson that you always hear with, with things is, to just start 
in some shape or form. So I did um, have a lot of self-doubt. But then, of course, like I said, you'd, you'd get little moments of just so excited and so motivated. But then you'd sort of not know where to go with it. And so for me, the, the two big factors were, um, you know, talking to somebody, um, connecting with somebody and and joining forces with them. Uh, that is has just been a massive, massive help and that's really what kick-started it. Um, and the second thing was then Tegan and I spent about a year also just you never feel like you're quite ready mm. to launch something. There's always more to do. It's never perfect. But we realised that it's never going to be perfect and we just and we're always going to be busy and start, you know, prioritizing other things. So we finally just set a date when we so weren't ready. And you know what? We had to be ready. And and so I think that's a really important thing as well. Just either just starting um, or just set yourself a date and, you know, you will get it done. And and with, with these workshops with the, the teenage girls, what is it that teenage girls struggle with the most? What we've done about ten workshops um, over the over the last year, and I think we knew that these issues, like I was talking about before, the anxiety, depression, um, bullying, social media, um, self doubt, eating disorder. There's I could just go on for days. We knew that they existed. The reason we started them was because we were getting so many messages about these issues. But when you are seeing it firsthand, you are hearing these stories, you are connecting with these beautiful, innocent, sweet teen girls that are just going through hell, um, it's really confronting. And so a huge thing that we have noticed is um, just so much self-hate, so much self-hate. At the end of the day, we, we get the girls to write down the first thing um, they think about their body. We, we don't say positive or negative. We just say the first thought that comes into your head or when you look in the mirror, the first thing that you see. And they write it all down and then they scrunch it up and we collect them. Then um, our, my beautiful friend Em, uh, who was in a skydiving accident about four or five years ago, um, who became a paraplegic from it but has taught herself to walk. She, she's just phenomenal. And she basically then does her, her talk. And, you know, she still has has no bladder control, bowel control, um, can't walk properly. There's so many things that she can't do in her life. And so she sort of tells her story and talks about how grateful she is for so many things. And she sort of mentions like, you know, of course there's so many of us that would be like, oh, my, my legs are too big or fat or muscly or, or whatever it is. And she said, would you ever walk into a spinal cord you know, ward, um, spinal ward, and say, oh, I hate my legs. You know, like it's, mm. it's, she puts everything into, perce- into perception um, for, into perspective for these girls. And we then read out the comments, and I swear there is probably three, maybe positive, and I'm talking like maybe I like my hair. Like that's mm. as positive as it gets. All the rest, are just the most negative, awful things ever. And and we did not say to, for it to be negative. So, you know, all of the, um, you know, 
I'm fat, I'm this, I'm not worthy, I'm not happy, I've got freckles, I've got pimples, I hate myself, I hate my life. Um, and it, it's heartbreaking. So then we sort of go from there and we, we've changed their perspective a bit and we get them to reassess what they love about their body, what it can do for them rather than, you know, the external thing. Like I love, you know, um, I, I, my taste buds, I, I can taste everything. Mm. My eyes, I get to see the most beautiful things every single day. Um, my legs, because they allow me to walk wherever I need to go and to exercise. And, and, and so it's a really beautiful transformation part of the day, um, which a lot of girls have sort of taken with them into their lives mm. post-workshop. And I, I know you're not a, a parent, Liv, but, yeah. but what is it that teenage girls want to hear from their parents because we have like listening predominantly are our parents so i know that yeah. many of them um are going to have uh kids and and teenage yeah. kids but like what what are what do the girls want to hear from us or as parents how could we approach our teenage girls better yeah well it, it's a question that i actually get asked so often which is funny because i i'm not a parent um and the thing is, it, the way I sort of answer it is I, I can't tell you as a parent or from experience what works, but I can tell you that the reason that we do these workshops is, is simply because of that because so many of these messages are from girls and, and um, you know, and another thing I just wanted to point out, which is becoming dangerously, um, you know, confronting is, is how on trend depression is and self-harm um, among teenage girls so wow. and and boys, um, which is probably the answer to your last question about what do you, what else we're noticing. Um, and and so many messages are about, you know, of course, my first um, reaction when when they say about self-harm or depression or suicidal thoughts in these messages is you need to go and speak to someone professionally. You need to go and talk to your parents. And they sort of write back saying, oh, I can't, I can't talk to my parents, you know. So, of course, there's um, there's there's so many elements that, you know what, maybe as a teenager your parents are not easy to approach and that has nothing to do with how wonderful your parents are. And, you know, it might be the same with teachers or, or having that initial contact with a psychologist. So our role and these workshops is that we want to try and be that support network. We want to try and um, be big sisters for these mm. for these girls so that they can feel like they can open up and connect with us. Um, but I suppose, yeah, as a parent, it would just be, um, you know, just be to listen and try not to be judgmental um, and really, really do everything you can to put them in contact with somebody that they do feel comfortable to connect with. And I think, too, the great thing about the workshops is at least it starts the conversation. 100%. To, 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 yeah. to bring that out. Like often in those teenage years, we bottle up those emotions and, and it's sometimes great to just release it to someone who who isn't a parent, who isn't a doctor, who, who in yeah. a sense, as you said, that big sister and on their side. But like for you, Liv, like how did, like when you were growing up, how did you navigate the teenage years? Teenage years, I was pretty lucky in terms of I, I, I really... I loved I loved school in terms of I I threw myself into as much as possible and I, I probably 
really try and encourage that to to young girls um, and boys as well. But, you know, when I moved from the country to the city, I went from this tiny, tiny school to a big private school in Melbourne. And I remember driving through these gates and looking at my mum, who was who was going to be a teacher there, and just being like, Mum, we don't belong here. Like, what are we doing? And I literally cried for a whole year. And it wasn't because I was getting bullied. It wasn't because, you know, the school wasn't fantastic. It was just, it was just different. And um, so I can't even fathom the idea of being bullied on top of that or, you know, what some kids have to go through. But yeah, I, I really, really battled for a good year. But what sort of saved me was that whole you know, getting myself involved with as many sports as possible, which allowed me to meet so many other like-minded people um, and have a really fun outlet. And so that's kind of was a huge, huge factor for me um, growing up. But, um, yeah, I, I suppose I didn't really have any issues as such with anxiety or depression or anything in those earlier years. Um, it's something that I probably, sometimes I feel like I'm a bit more of a teenager now as I'm starting to sort of go through bits and pieces of that more so now. And you, you said there about like throwing yourself in and doing lots of things and playing lots of sports. And, and when I said earlier that you're a, an amazing role model for young girls on so many levels, it's that part of your life that, you know, again, looking from the outside in, you, you've seen to fill your life with so much joy and things that are just really, <laughs> that like really kind of bring out that happiness spirit in you. Yeah. But like, how do you ensure you pack your life full of joy? To be honest, it's one of those things where sometimes it, it can actually uh, start to be a negative because I tried to cram way too much. My my boyfriend and my dad always have this joke where it's like, oh, Liv, she always does one or two many things in, in one day. Like if I just took one of them out, I might be a little bit more together. Um, but for me, it is just so important to fill my life with all the tiny little things that make me so happy because I I think another thing that a lot of people um, battle with, and I see it in my own family, is that the guilt of if you put yourself forward or if you make time for yourself. Or, um, and so I've just noticed that I have gotten to where I am both personally and professionally because um, of, of really two things, or a lot of things, but two of the things would probably be gratitude, forever being just really happy with where I am now. Um, that's kind of what has gotten me into the next job because I think you bring with you a sense of, you know what, if it happens, it happens, but I'm really happy with where I'm at. Mm. So gratitude has always really and is, made is, me excited about every day. Is that something that you've taught yourself or is that something that it was kind of just in you? Because I, I feel that. I feel that, like it was kind of in me a little bit. And now I'm more aware of it and mm -hmm. I make an, I make more of a note now. Whereas like when I was at ABC3, I swear to God, for four years, I would rock up at that desk, um, which is where we would present, sorry. And there would be all the cameramen and everybody around and everybody in the control room watching and I would just be like, oh! <laughs> and they were like, oh, here she goes. I'm like, I can't believe this is our job. And they were like, you've been doing this for three and a half years. And I was like, 
But we get to just laugh and play and be silly and do whatever we want all day and call this work. Like we are so lucky. Um, And, you know, my co-host used to be like, oh, get me out of this place, you know. And it was so when it came, you know, the next time for me to audition, you know, I was like going into it thinking if I get it, great, but I just – if I don't, I just love my job right now. So it's all good. So gratitude, I feel, is so important and it makes you just enjoy every day. But um, yeah, the the second thing is just filling your life with things that don't cost a thing. Um, I get up two hours earlier than I really need to, um, to fit in some form of exercise, yoga, Pilates, whatever it is, a swim or a surf, um, do a bit of meditation and then just really crack into my day with being a much better human. <laughs> but but you, do you find like going outside and spending time outdoors, it just kind of makes you a better 100%. human? It, it really does. It's so important. And sometimes, you know, you can get in a little bit of a rush and it might feel like the easiest thing to do is just curl up in a ball and stay inside or sleep in or whatever. But if you just you know, of course you need to listen to your body. And if you need to rest and sleep, of course do that. But sometimes you do just need to push yourself a bit and just get outside. And, you know, the last few nights actually, because I I didn't sleep all last week, I think subconsciously I've been a bit anxious about something. And, um, and so this week I've, I've decided, tried to start meditating again, um, and just slowing my brain down. And just even at night, I've been getting home and it's, unfortunately dark now which is a shame for us all but just going for a quick walk and I've been sitting on the beach and it's so nobody's around really then and it's just so beautiful to sort of sit um yeah in in silence and it's something that I never do I never stop um Mm. so it's something that I've just really worked on especially um this year and noticed it kind of gets worse before it gets better. It's like your body has to detox mm-hmm. all the adrenaline and um, stuff that you've been carrying or, or running on for so long. So it's it's something that I'm just really focusing on this year. Yeah, it's so true. You know, I slowing down and resetting and taking that time is so important. But as you said there, that it's like a detox. Like it, yeah, it, it can is, be yeah. Because I think I it think what ha- really what happens is when people are like, okay, I keep hearing about this stuff, I'm going to give it a go. Yeah. And then for the first kind of two or three weeks, they're like, well, this this sucks. Like this isn't working. It's, it mustn't be for yeah. me. But you kind of got to you you got to like push past that because once you do, then all of a sudden you're in the meadows. Yeah. Well, I did it just, I did it in December last year. So I'd always, I've done yoga for like seven years. I, you know, prioritize eating well and, and moving my body every day. And I, you know, slightly spiritual. And so there's all of these things that I am healthy, I suppose, in a way, but then I was neglecting something that's so important, which is mindfulness. And I'd, I'd always said, Oh no, I can't meditate. I can't, I can't slow my mind down. Like don't even get me started. And, um, yeah, it was my boyfriend that actually good on him. He had started doing it last year and he was like, look, Liv, I just want you for this week period. I've got this online sort of thing that I'm going to do, um, for you to do it with me. And so I was like, oh, fine, I'll do five minutes a day or something, you know, like I was really against it. Poor him. And, um, so the first day I accidentally just, I just fell into it and it was only for five minutes and I went to work and 
I was like, I messaged him and I said, I feel amazing. What just happened? But then about two hours later, I just hit a wall. I could not stay awake. I, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I need to leave work. Like what is happening? And then the next day and the next day, and it just kept happening. And in the third day, this lady said, um, you know, for you, for those of you that are sort of balanced in your life already, you'll be feeling really energized. For those of you that live a very stressful life, don't sleep much and run on adrenaline, you're going to be feeling like you've been hit by a bus. And I was like, that me. Um, so she said, you just need to listen to your body and sleep when you need to sleep, rest when you need to rest. So for the next week, that's kind of what I, I'd have to leave events. I'd have to leave, you know, things and just go home and and rest and it brought up so many emotions um for weeks um I was exhausted I was really emotional I was I was kind of angry um which was really bizarre as well um but you know I just I was determined and I I just stuck with it and sort of realized that I was lowering everything you know I was so far in in the adrenaline world that I was just detoxing that all out of my system well, Liv, I'm very conscious that today is a film day for you, so I've got. Ah, <laughs> I just never want to stop chatting. I've, I've got. I've got. I've got one final question though, and it is one that I yeah. ask all of my guests, and it's if you could please describe your perfect day. Ooh, do you know what just made me so happy? That the initial thought of my perfect day was actually what I do almost every day. That makes me really happy. So basically, it's getting up early, seeing the sunrise, um, doing doing some exercise, and then jumping straight in the ocean, going for a surf, um, meditating, having the most amazing breakfast, um, seeing my family and friends, being out in nature, hiking. Um, and I always, it sounds weird, but I actually enjoy doing some form of work because I think one of the things that makes me happiest is um, a sense of accomplishment. Most definitely. Yeah. And so I I really struggle if if I wasn't to be working or achieving something. Um, But yeah, just honestly, the ocean, good people and good food is literally all I need. All I need. (laughs) I'm so easy to please. Oh, that is so good. (laughs) So cheap as well. (laughs) Well, Liv, honestly, thank you so much for for coming on today, but also for your positivity and time that you give to others. It really is, it's such a, it's a really beautiful thing. And I love it that you're directing that to girls at such an important age when they, that's really what they need, positivity and time and, and a few little kind of tips to to help them uh along yeah. their way so thank you so much for that but if people want to reach out to your parents if they got questions or if they yeah, want to sign it. their their kids up what's the best way for them to do that uh the best way is uh we have a girls who glow website um otherwise you can find me on instagram um which is where i get a lot of my messages messages from um so it's just live Filand. Done and done. Well, I will definitely make sure that I link to all of those in the show notes at liveimmediately.com. But is there, is, there, is there anything that I've left out, anything that you want to say before we uh, wrap up here today? No, I think I'm just um, – it's probably being conveyed in this podcast. But, yeah, I'm just so passionate about um, just remembering every day that 
you know, the importance of the energy you bring. Um, I, I just feel like that has brought me sort of most of my um, personal and professional achievements is that just really nurturing your energy and realizing that that will bring you great opportunities and great people into your life. So do what you need to do to um, build that up every day. And so, yeah, for me, that's that's sort of getting up early and and really prioritizing the little things in life that make me happy. So, yeah. Love it. Just go out and shine bright. I'll oh, bring it on, bring it on. <laughs> well, thank, thank you so much, Mike. Uh, you're more than welcome. And thank you, Liv. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And until next time, have fun and live immediately. That was another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thanks so much for listening. The original Live Immediately theme music is by the multi-talented Timothy McPhee. You can check out his music at firekites.bandcamp.com. If you enjoyed the show, had some fun, and maybe even learned something, then make sure you subscribe via iTunes. And while you're there, why not leave a rating and a review? You know it's going to make my day. Thanks for stopping by and giving me some of your time today. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, have fun and live immediately.